Girlfriends, episode number 186, How to Cope with Hard Change. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week we are talking about change. It's a season of change. Is there change going on in your life? How to cope with that in a positive way. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Glad you're here. Always love being able to connect with you together on the podcast, and that only works when you show up. So thank you for doing that. Thanks for being here. This week, we're talking about a sort of hard subject for me, a sort of raw subject for me, talking about coping with hard change. Now, I gave it that general title, but really what's inspiring this is this is what I last year around this time of year. I called this season the goodbye season because that is what it felt like to me, that fall had all of a sudden become a time that I almost dreaded after a summer of fun with most of my kids home or many of my kids home under my roof for the summertime. Then the fall was when they were all going back to school and other places. And that was sort of a time of goodbye for me. And it became almost, well, no, not almost. It became a negative thing for me. And it was hard for me. I really struggled with it, um, especially two years ago, three years ago, when um, my son Ambrose went away to college down in Florida. And then I struggled with it again last year when my daughter Juliet was the first to leave. It just started to feel like a very melancholic time of year because we were saying goodbye to all these kids, which you know, is a happy thing, but it's a tough thing for us to adjust to. It's a season of change inside of our family lives, inside of our marriage, inside of our work lives, inside of our daily routines. It affects everything that we do, the people who are here with us and saying goodbye to people that we love. Um, And so I'm back in it. (laughs) And this year is different. Uh, This year, my daughter Juliet is actually, she's leaving later today. So I'm up early in the morning recording this. She's going to be leaving um, for a long drive down to Ave Maria University down in Florida. She has to be there early because she's running on their cross-country team. So she's actually leaving pretty early. Our son Ambrose, who also goes to the same school, won't be leaving for another couple of weeks. So I've got that going for me. Um, But You know, years ago, when we said goodbye to Ambrose, we drove him down to Ave Maria and said goodbye to him there and made sort of a family trip out of it. Um, I did a podcast on that. Um, If you're interested in this topic, you might want to go and check it out in the archives. It's called The Art of Letting Go, which was where I, and maybe there's some overlap between what I'm going to talk about today and what I talked about in that podcast. I didn't go back and re-listen because I feel like I have a fresh perspective and this is what I want to share with you today. So these things that I'm going to be sharing about uh, for sure apply to mamas in this season of life that I'm in where we're saying goodbye to big kids and sometimes we struggle with that. Um, There are good feelings and there are bad feelings about the whole thing and we kind of are left in an awkward position of figuring out what's next. I've been very much in that season as I've just described for a few years now and I've been reflecting a lot on it. Um, One Uh, I've been working on, I haven't shared this with you yet, a book project with Ave Maria Press, which actually 
is mostly complete. And um, it really is very much a sharing about this season of life. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you early in 2020. So I'll let you know when that's available. But writing on this topic is um, something that's been uh, very cathartic for me. I think it's very helpful to reflect on these things. I think it's, especially going through a painful season in your life, it's helpful to kind of take a step back and look at the bigger picture, notice small details, things that you're grateful for, things that are are hard and see why they're hard and kind of reflect on the greater meaning of that. And I find that writing really helps me to do that. So this isn't one of my tips, but I do want to say um, it might help you to um, keep a journal during a time of transition and change that is difficult for you. All right. Um, but my first tip about how to cope with hard change actually is related to that. And uh, my first thing that I want to say is let yourself feel all the feelings. I know it seems like you're feeling all the feelings and that's the problem. (laughs) But um, I found that at least with me, part of what I would do, because it's hard to feel these feelings and it's hard to be crying and it's hard to, um, you know, just kind of feel loss, feel grief, feel pain, because that's what it is let's be honest. And that is part of letting yourself feel the feelings. A part of change that, um, you know, with your kids growing and changing, whether it's just your your baby is starting kindergarten or you're starting a new job or your husband's starting a new job or you've moved into a new house, change is hard. Even if when it's positive change that you want, like your child's going off to college, positive change that you want. This has been a goal of yours for many years, probably. And yet when it happens, it doesn't feel so great in some ways, and it's a loss for you. So um, I think recognizing those feelings is is really key to allowing yourself to process them, put them into perspective in the right way. So um, what I found I was doing, and I've done this on and off through the years as we've been going through this, was kind of like stuffing your feelings. You know how you do that. Like, I'm not going to allow myself to feel that right now and distract yourself with something, which can be a very helpful coping mechanism. Don't don't let let this mean don't ever do that because sometimes that is helpful. Um, but let yourself feel the feelings. I would sometimes do it to the point where it wasn't helpful anymore. And it actually was harmful to me and and sometimes to my other relationships. A great example of this is back then when we drove Ambrose down to Ave Maria University, we were making a family trip of it. So we we all drove down together. We spent a few days in Sanibel and um, then we brought him to school and then we spent a few days in Key West. And anyway, it was a nice little plan. We had to make this sort of a positive event. And throughout it, um, I was like, not letting myself feel sad or sorry or upset or I wasn't allowing myself to feel that loss with Ambrose. And I know I was doing it even in the weeks leading up to it because it's a painful thing. And sometimes that's how we cope with negative emotion is we try to deny that we're experiencing it at all. So I think when I'm saying let yourself feel the feelings, I mean, be honest about what you're feeling in appropriate ways. Um, So back then I was kind of stuffing my feelings through that whole process and through the trip and kind of focusing on all the little details of the trip and the other kids and our plans and all of that, um, which was helpful to some extent. But then we dropped him off at school. And like I said, then we went and spent a few days in Key West um, on vacation with the rest of the family. And one of those evenings, 
I could not even tell you what it was about, but Dan and I got in a horrible argument. And I can't tell you what it was about because it didn't matter. It wasn't about the argument. It was a horrible argument that I'm sure I picked with him because of the way I was feeling. And um, perhaps he didn't respond in the best way because of the way he was feeling. Um, I don't remember any of those details. I just remember it was a bad argument that we got in. And I just kind of went and took a little time to myself and I was just crying and crying and crying. And it was in the middle of that that I thought, this is an overreaction to what just happened with Dan. And then I realized, uh, I'm not just crying about that. I'm crying about all of this, this whole experience of saying goodbye to Ambrose, which was so hard for me. And yet I hadn't allowed myself to feel that until that moment. It really was sort of a revelation in that moment. So I think back on that now and I think, that wasn't a healthy way to handle those feelings. I needed to allow myself within reason to feel those feelings as I was feeling them. So if you're going through difficult change or if you're saying goodbye to a kid and it's hard for you, acknowledge that. It's really helpful to acknowledge that and let yourself cry sometimes. You know, um, I found myself just yesterday, I was texting with Juliet because it was going to be her last dinner before she leaves. And I thought, well, let's make let's make the dinner that she wants. And so I was texting with her about what she might like and making plans to go to the grocery store. And after I had that little exchange, uh, I suppose because this was all in my mind, what exactly was going on, that it was Juliet's last night at home but for a little while before she goes back to school. I all of a sudden found myself kind of blinking back tears as I was working on other things. And I know it was exactly that. And I, I've experienced this enough to um, have that level of self-knowledge that this is what was going on. And um, to kind of give myself a little talk that uh, you need to actually let yourself feel these feelings right now. It's okay. And so I did. And so I think letting yourself feel the feelings in appropriate ways when you do feel them is um, actually a very good way of kind of regulating that emotion rather than letting it build up. And then you might end up expressing those feelings in some negative way that's not appropriate. So uh, let yourself feel the feelings is my first thought on how to cope with hard change. But then absolutely related and attached to number one is don't sit down in there. Do not sit down in those feelings. Um, okay, so what I mean by this is, I, I remember years ago, I used to work with a woman who, I remember her describing her routine after work at the end of the day. She said, if I'm going to get anything done in the evening time, I can't sit down when I get home from work. I need to change into my you know, at-home clothes and get started on whatever it is, whether it's making dinner or cleaning a bathroom or some other project that she wanted to do at home because she found if she sat down, she wouldn't do it. She would stay seated because she was tired from her workday and the office. So kind of what I'm telling you here is let yourself feel the feelings, but then don't sit down in your feelings because you won't get up. Okay, uh, because you you might just wallow in there. Um, so important to remember that you are in control of that, and that um, you get to control not necessarily what you're feeling, but you get to control your response to those feelings and make sure that you're experiencing those feelings, acknowledging those feelings in an appropriate way, and then acting in an appropriate way based on those feelings. So don't sit down in there. I heard something really helpful recently. It was. Your thoughts are the boss of your feelings. Think about that. I think that's such a helpful phrase. Your boss are the thoughts of your feelings. And 
I think that's so true, first of all. Um, and it, it puts everything in proper perspective. It's perfectly okay to have feelings, but then don't let your feelings be the boss of you, right? Don't sit down in there because you won't get up or you're in danger of not getting up. Um, so your thoughts are the boss of your feelings, meaning that you get to choose how you're going to express your feelings and how you're going to act based on those feelings. So don't sit down in there like my my girlfriend at work years ago that don't sit down at the end of your day. <laughs> don't sit down in your feelings. It's okay to have your moments and but do that, you know, kind of consciously and um with with some thought behind it. If you need to just have a good cry, you can do that. You know what? You can do that, but acknowledge that that's what you're doing and um, that this isn't your new way of life, just walking around crying all the time, right? Acknowledge, I need to just have a good cry. And on that note, let me tell you, a good cry is a chemical release and we need it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm positive you know this <laughs> because we women are in tune with our feelings. So, um, you know, allow yourself to do that and allow yourself to kind of de-stress in that way of, um, you know, allowing yourself to cry sometimes, allowing yourself to just fully feel the loss and acknowledge it um, and or feel, feel the pain of a new situation in your life that's uncomfortable. Hard change is hard. So let's let's acknowledge that. But don't sit down in there. Don't let yourself sit down in there. Look at it as um, one really helpful way to do it is, you know, going away by yourself or, you know, if you're going to have a talk with a girlfriend or with your husband and allow yourself to feel the feelings. But look at it as like a set period of time, like for this half hour, I'm going to feel these feelings. Um, so it can kind of compartmentalize it in a, what I think is a healthy way. Not that you're not going to feel those feelings when you get up and go back to your life, but you're, you're making your thoughts the boss of those feelings. Okay. Do you understand that distinction? Does that make sense? Don't sit down in there. You may not get up. All right. Okay. Before I move on to number three, I just need to point out that I told you it was early in the morning and that Julia is leaving today. She is walking by me as I'm recording this with boxes and bags and loading her car. Could this be any more of a <laughs> poignant moment? <laughs> the perfect opportunity to talk about coping with hard change. The fact that my daughter is packing her car to leave as I am recording this. This is just so funny to me. God's funny. All right. Anyway, number three, be gentle with yourself. Okay. So this is something I am just so fond of telling people, including myself on a regular basis, is give yourself grace. So many times we women give everyone grace but ourselves. We are gentle with everyone but ourselves. We are understanding with everyone but ourselves. This is not a time to be beating yourself up for whether it's about how you're feeling or um, the fact that you don't feel like you're coping the way that you should or whatever it is, this is not the time to be self-analyzing and beating yourself up. For sure, you know, thoughtfully think through um, how you're feeling and how you're going to respond to those feelings, but then be gentle with yourself in your evaluation of how you're doing. Be gentle with yourself. Now, this is key. This is especially for you mamas who have kids who are beginning a new phase of life, whether they're going to college or they're getting married or they're starting a job or they're starting high school or whatever that transition or change is for you. And like I said at the start, it might just be that your baby's starting kindergarten. These are milestones and these are little losses that we experience as our kids get older and do new things. So um, 
be gentle with yourself as you're going through, because sometimes in those moments of transition, that's when we kind of do an evaluation of our parenting, how we did with this kid, how we're doing with this kid, how this kid is turning out. And we tend to be very negative. We tend to be very self-critical. And that doesn't mean it's not appropriate sometimes to be self-critical, but this is not the moment to be doing that. This is not the moment to, you know, as your child is packing her car to drive 1,500 miles away to college. Um, It's not the moment to be sitting here thinking about all the ways I failed her as a mother, right? I mean, it's not helpful, first of all. Um, if, if you, there are ways in which you want to grow, there are going to be other times, other opportunities to reflect on that and think about that. Now is not the time to do that. Be gentle with yourself and be gentle with yourself inside of your other responsibilities and things that are going on. When you're going through a hard change, it costs you emotionally. And I feel even physically, I honestly feel physically tired from it. I I don't know if you can relate to that, but I definitely do. And I was feeling it last night. You know, Dan and I usually stay up pretty late, but I just wanted to go to bed early. I just felt like I'm exhausted from this. And it's not like I was doing any big exhausting thing. Well, cooking her her favorite foods for dinner (laughs) turned out to be a lot because we decided to make them all. It was actually a hilarious dinner where we decided to make the steak and mashed potatoes and the homemade macaroni and cheese and the butter and rolls and the cheesecake. It was a lot, (laughs) but it was all of her favorite stuff and it made a hilarious meal. Um, Anyway, that was a little side note. But yes, I, you know, give yourself grace because it's a tiring thing. And um, so related to that, I really want to encourage you, if you're going through a hard change, if you're coping with um, some form of loss with any of your kids or with your work or inside of your marriage or whatever it is, um, whatever hard change you're coping with, Build some margin in the rest of your life to allow yourself the time, the energy to focus on it, to um, the time and energy that's going to require from you just going through that change. So building margin into your days, this is something I love to think about because I think it's such a healthy, helpful thing to do. And I just heard, I've I've been listening to an audio version of um, a book by Sarah McKenzie called Teaching from Rest. This is a homeschooling book. If you are a homeschooler, you definitely should get this book. It's a very short read. Um, You could get the audio version as well, which is what I've been listening to. I'm not quite done. Anyway, she was talking about, and this is just about homeschooling schedules, but I think it applies to all of your life, building margin into your schedules. Like if you're going to say, I want to get 45 minutes of, you know, science class with my kids done at this time, you know, schedule an hour for that so that there's margin built in and do that throughout your day, do that throughout your routine. I think it's a really helpful thing, not just for homeschoolers, but for anybody who's kind of managing their day. Not that you don't want to be efficient with your time, but it's all about being realistic about how how much time things take and how transitioning from one thing to the next takes time and effort. So building that in, I think, is a really helpful way to be gentle with yourself, a really helpful way to you know, have the the time and energy reserves that you need to cope with a hard change. So what do I mean by that? So I'm not necessarily talking about your schedule, but yes, definitely it applies to your schedule. If there are things that you usually do that you could say, I'm not going to do that these couple of weeks here. Yeah, take it easy on yourself. Have a, have a slower schedule. 
Um, but also take it easy on yourself with other kinds of commitments, other kinds of demands you might make from yourself. Now, I'm going to say this with caution because I know it can go it can go too far in the other direction. But, you know, if you usually follow a pretty strict diet regimen um, or try to, maybe relax about that. And, okay, now you all just pictured me diving face first into like a plate of nachos and a brownie sundae or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't dive into things that are going to make you feel worse afterwards. Okay. But giving yourself a break, not holding yourself to a super high standard with regard to other, other things in your life that are important and you're going to get back to those things. Um, not letting go of it altogether forever, using this as an excuse to forget about, you know, exercising regularly or, or taking care of your body in other important ways. But I think you can build margin in your days by saying, you know what, it actually takes considerable effort and energy on my part to, you know, follow this this particular eating plan, to keep up with this workout regimen. You know, maybe maybe allow yourself to rest a little bit more. Maybe allow yourself to sleep in a little bit longer in the morning or go to bed earlier like I did last night. Find those opportunities to build margin in your days and be gentle with yourself, whatever it is, in whatever ways, you know the ways, in whatever ways you are tempted to be harsh with yourself, to be demanding of yourself, maybe loosen up on some of those during the time when you're going through a hard change. Okay, so that is number three, be gentle with yourself. Number four, start something new. Change is an opportunity to build a new habit. Now, I learned this from Gretchen Rubin, whose podcast, Happier is one that I share about regularly. I'm also a fan of Gretchen Rubin's books. And um, her book, Better Than Before, is all about forming habits. And there are opportunities in our lives to begin a new habit in a way that's going to be more likely to be successful. And one of the ways she shares about, I think she calls it the fresh start, um, is when you go through a change, whether it's moving into a new house or starting a new job or your kid is going away to college, that attaching a new habit to some other change in your life is one way that you can increase the likelihood that you're going to be successful in keeping that habit, in establishing that habit. So think of something positive that you want to begin, because maybe this is an opportunity. Think of something positive that you can attach to this change, whether it's you're going to begin reading more or um, you're going to begin... Uh, now, this is going to be uh, contradictory to the last one, whether it's going to be starting an exercise habit. Um, but, you know, you're the best judge of when the, it's a good opportunity to begin something like that. But maybe a new prayer habit. Maybe your child's going away to school and you want to establish a morning time prayer routine that now you have the time and energy to do. Um, attaching a new habit to a new phase of life, I think, is a really positive way of associating something good and forward-looking with that change. So look at if your child's leaving for college and you're struggling with that, if your children are all going back to school and you're, you're struggling with that. I know some moms aren't. I'm thinking of Leah Darrow. Do you follow Leah Darrow on social media? I just saw her Instagram the other day and she was just rejoicing about the fact that her kids are going to school. And I think that's great. Um, but, you know, that's all part of it. 
let yourself feel your feelings. Don't feel guilty if you feel good that they're going back to school. Um, and don't feel like you should feel a certain way. Anyway, look at this as an opportunity to start something new. You're, if you're going through a change, then very likely your routines are going to be changing. Your schedule is going to be changing. Your responsibilities are going to be shifting. And it's an opportunity to take on something new and positive, whether it's going to be a positive change, adding to your prayer life, adding to, um, you know, fitness in your life, or maybe you're going to make a, a weekly date to meet a friend for coffee, because now you have the opportunity to do that. So look for ways that you can attach positive change to this stage of your life, whatever it is that you are going through. All right. Number five, my last one is give thanks. Be grateful. I think this is so helpful. And actually, it reminds me um, that the practice of doing this as a mom, emotionally giving thanks as our children are leaving, it, it's really, it, it kind of reminds me of the Marie Kondo method where, of course, she's Buddhist. So in, in her faith, she's kind of thanking the objects for the purpose they served in her life as she's cleaning clutter and getting rid of things that are no longer serving her. Um, but this, I think, applies in a very real way inside of our motherhood as we are letting our children go in the different ways that they leave us, as they should <laughs> recognize the appropriateness of that, um, to be very consciously giving thanks, giving thanks for the gift of your child, this wonderful person that God gave you to love and to shepherd through to this moment, giving thanks for the gift of your motherhood and the various joys that you've experienced in your motherhood and that you're going to continue to experience through your motherhood, giving thanks for your family, giving thanks for your home, giving thanks for the opportunities that your family enjoys, giving thanks for the opportunity that your child has to be going away to school giving thanks for all the blessings that God's going to give them in the coming year. You know, I think there's so many things to be grateful for. And the more we focus on our gratitude, the more likely we are to not sit down, like I described, inside of those negative emotions, the more likely we're to be able to see the positives about this change. Recognize that the change is hard, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. And um, partly it's hard because we've been so blessed because we love this child so much. What a blessing to have a child that you love and in your life, right? So it hurts because we love them, but loving them is a blessing and it's a gift. So I would encourage you, if you're struggling with a hard change right now, to look for opportunities to be grateful inside of that change. Sometimes the change itself is something that you should be grateful for. And just recognizing that can really help. It doesn't mean you don't feel some of those negative feelings. It doesn't mean that it's not hard. But recognizing the gift that the change itself is you know, my daughter's going away to school. What a wonderful opportunity for her. What a wonderful place for her to be. I'm very happy that she's going to school where she is going. I'm grateful for that. So I think it's really important to pause inside of these moments where we're struggling to cope with hard change and recognize the things that we have to be thankful for. It becomes a very natural process, I find, um, very much in line with what Marie Kondo does. We're giving thanks and then we're letting go. We're allowing our children to go out and have their lives as God intends them to. So giving thanks as we let go 
as we say goodbye, such an important part of the process, and it really will help you to cope with some of the more negative feelings that you might be going through as you're struggling with hard change. So those are my five ideas. First, let yourself feel the feelings. Second, don't sit down in there. Three, be gentle with yourself. Four, start something new. And five, give thanks. But you might have some thoughts to share on this topic of this season of life, the goodbye season. You might have some thoughts to share on a different kind of change that you're coping with and what's helped you to get through that. I would love it if you would share some of your feedback. Anything that you might be thinking about what I've shared here today, I would love to hear from you about it. You can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. I'm Danielle Bean on social media. You can leave a comment on the show notes. The show notes for the Girlfriend's podcast are always published at ascensionpress.com. Go there and click on podcasts and you'll find us there. I always love to hear from you. So definitely send me your feedback. And speaking of feedback, I do have some to share with you right after this quick break. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it. But what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And now we're back, and it's the time in the show where I share some listener feedback with you. So this past week, I heard from Lillian, who emailed me. Lillian said, Dear Danielle, I just found your podcast, and I'm currently binging on every episode, and I cannot be thankful enough to God for leading me your way. You see, for about three months now, a lot of changes have been happening in my life concerning my mommyhood, marriage, work, and especially my spiritual walk. I'm going through a season of transition that has left me feeling lost and confused and far away from God. This week, however, I prayed for direction, just direction, and one, what comes up on my podcast suggestions? Girlfriends. Every episode has literally been an answer to the prayers I have been praying for the past three months. It's like God compounded them into your podcast and directed me to listen to each one. I'm so happy that now with your advice and God's direction, I can finally get out of the state of confusion and go about life, making right changes and adjustments with a clear conscience. Keep up the good work, Danielle, and thank you. May God bless you exceedingly, abundantly, and beyond all that you ask for. Yours sincerely, Lillian. Lillian, I am so touched by this email. I am so moved by what you shared. I'm really humbled by the idea that my podcast could be an answer in any way, shape, or form to prayers that you've been praying and helping to give you the clarity that you've been seeking inside of your life and in your marriage and in your motherhood. I love that the Holy Spirit works that way. I love that God can use us little creatures to help one another in that way. It's really a beautiful gift. So your email is a gift to me. Thank you so much, Lillian. And um, I'm going to be praying for you, Lillian, as you're going through this hard change. So this week's show, which I hadn't really actually previously planned to share your feedback on this particular uh, show that's focused on this particular topic, but I hope it's helpful to you, um, you know, talking about transition during um, a hard change. 
So thank you for that, Lillian. Thank you so much. And know that I'm going to be praying for you. And I want to invite other listeners to please pray for Lillian and the different changes that she's going through right now. May God continue to give her the guidance that she needs to make wise choices and transition into a new time of her life. Okay, next up, I heard from listener Janae, who says, Hello, Danielle. I want to thank you so much for your recent podcast on five ways to be more confident. This was what I needed to hear, and it inspired me in this ever-changing adventure of new wife and motherhood. About two years ago, after much serious prayer and discernment, my husband and I left the nine to five as newlyweds and went into the world of self-employment. I am learning so much that God does truly have his hand directly involved in your life when you invite him into it. It's amazing to look back and see the talents he gives us mature, and I can look completely different, even taking a completely different path in as little as a year ago, be it a new career path, a promotion, or completely uprooting and moving to a new promised land, something we also experienced. We have a beautiful eight-month-old daughter and are expecting a baby boy already this fall, so as a stay-at-home mom, I am longing to be here for my kids, but still find ways to be active and resourceful for my home. This episode inspired me not to wait for that perfect moment and to really listen to what God might be asking me to do to take a leap of faith in the next. Also, a quick and sincere thank you for encouraging us women with our fitness. Fitness is a huge part of my spiritual language, and now that I've been pregnant most of these past two years, it's been harder to stay motivated, but the desire to be the healthiest I can for my husband and children's sake is so important to me. So thank you for not tiptoeing around this subject and encouraging us to grow and be our best selves in all ways, including the health God gave us. God bless you and your work, Janae. Janae, thank you so much for sending me that email. That's very encouraging to me to know that that particular episode on being more confident was helpful to you in your work life with your husband. I think it's fantastic that you guys have kind of taken that leap of faith to self-employment. Sounds like you've gone through some major changes already inside of your marriage, including (laughs) two little guys, a little girl and a little guy inside of a very short amount of time. So God bless you guys in that and know that I'm going to be praying for you in that. I'm also glad to get the encouragement to keep on talking about fitness because you know what? I'm going to keep doing it. (laughs) It's for your own good that I'm going to bully you guys. But I will say, um, you know, be open to the fact, Janae, that during the time when you're pregnant and you're nursing, be gentle with yourself. Your number one job is to take care of that baby, to feed that baby, and to nurture your body in a way that's going to be giving a gift of life to others. Okay. So that's no small thing. So recognize that this is not going to be the time when probably you're going to be hitting those hardcore workouts and maybe the kinds of things that you might've done in the past and be open to the fact that, you know, staying physically active might look different for you during this particular phase of life, this particular phase of your motherhood. It's a very demanding physical one that you're going through right now. So be aware of that, but you're right. Absolutely. Do not neglect it. It is an important part of how you're going to be healthy and happy and feel balanced and have a physical outlet for sometimes the stressors of marriage and motherhood and working for yourselves and that kind of thing. So definitely keep it in the picture, but be open to the fact that it's going to look different during this time in your life. Thank you so much for taking the time to send me that email, Janae. Lastly, I want to share a question that I got from listener Taylor. She says, Dear Danielle, I'm a first-time mom to a little boy who's almost one. We started vaccines on the standard schedule recommended by my doctor. I've always been aware of the vaccine controversy, but didn't really delve too much into it because I felt like, how could I decipher what's true? 
Our doctors are trained in this and they know what's best. Well, as my son's one-year checkup is approaching, all of a sudden, I have so much fear about going forward with vaccines. I've started to do some research, and I'm becoming very uneasy with the lack of testing and no liability being linked to the CDC for vaccines. I was wondering if you had any resources to further help me navigate this. I don't want to harm my child one way or the other in regards to vaccines, but if to vaccinate causes a higher risk of terrible things, as well as possibly going against our faith, ingredient-wise, I'd rather not continue on with them. Thank you for your time. Many blessings to you and your family. Sincerely, Taylor. Okay. Taylor's asking me to step in it, (laughs) right? The vaccine controversy. And I will. I mean, I'll share with you my perspective. I appreciate this, um, Taylor. And you mentioned some problems with some of the ingredients of some of the vaccines that are available in the U.S. And that is true. There are some that are originally were made with uh, tissue from aborted fetuses. And that's a fact. And um, But it's also a fact that the church teaches that Catholics can licitly use all of the vaccines, receive all of the vaccines that are available in the U.S. That is a fact. And that is what I rest on because we do receive the vaccines. And um, we have always vaccinated our kids. Part of my perspective coming from that is um, I'm a mom to a son who's now a grown young man who is immune compromised because of his cystic fibrosis. And he's very vulnerable to different kinds of illnesses. Keeping him vaccinated was absolutely important and vaccinating my other children and having other kids who he's around be vaccinated is important. So this is something I feel very strongly about, that it's important to vaccinate. I'm not telling you what to do, Taylor, but I'm telling you what I do. And um, there's a lot of scary stuff out there. If you're beginning to poke around on the internet, you can find people who will tell you that you can't be Catholic and vaccinate your kids. And I think that's utter insanity. I think it's absolutely not true. Um, so <laughs> I'm probably going to get feedback on this one. Um, but it can be scary out there. I mean, you there, you, but the science is there. Okay. So it can be scary. There's a lot of people saying, you can find people who say anything about vaccines. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that you don't want to do more harm than the help that the vaccines can be. And there are people that will make it sound like that, but that I absolutely do not believe that is true. And the science is there to show that vaccines do more good than harm. Yes, there are um, side effects with a very small segment of the population. And yes, there is the chance that could be your child. And if you're the one who's affected by that, that is all that matters in the world to you. And I completely understand that. Um, But there is not science showing that vaccines do more harm than good. There is science showing that vaccines do more good than harm and that they are important to our ongoing health as a society, as a whole. So you definitely can find scary things out there. Um, So I don't have a particular resource that I can point you to, but I'm hoping that listeners will. I know there are people who are more well-versed in this. I am not interested in researching it myself because I'm very comfortable with where we are and the decisions that we've made. Um, But if you're feeling uncomfortable and you want more information, Taylor, I'm going to try to get more resources for you. I hope some listeners will recommend some. But I also want to encourage you to um, pray about this because God doesn't want you to have anxiety about this. Um, If you feel at risk for anxiety, it also might be something that, you know, you want to be talking with your husband about. It might be something that would be helpful for you to just hand off this decision to your husband. I have done this before in my life um, where I feel like 
I am at risk to become very anxious about whatever it is, whatever choice it is, um, a big or a small thing inside of our parenting, especially. And I will defer to Dan inside of those moments because he generally doesn't handle um, those kinds of important decisions in the same way that I do. He's, you know, very logical and he's very confident in making the right decision. And so I will turn to Dan inside of those moments and maybe Taylor turning to your husband might be um, something for you to do right now, kind of, you know, finding out what his thoughts and opinions are about it, maybe doing the research with him or sharing some of it with him and um, allowing him to make that decision for you right now and being at peace with that if you're if you're able to do that. Um, also, I want to tell you that maybe you could come up with some sort of a compromise if you're feeling very anxious about receiving all the vaccines. Very understandable because I, I know that there are a lot of them now. There's a lot more than when my kids were little. Um, and there are some that are very new. And maybe you don't feel good about the amount of testing that they've had yet. It is perfectly okay to go into the doctor's office and say, you know what, we can get all the vaccines, um, but I'm not, I'm not comfortable getting that that newest one right now. And yep, go ahead and, you know, put it on his chart. Talk to me about it next time. And maybe we'll do it then. That kind of thing. Um, you know, and and we definitely have done that with um, some of the newer vaccines. And, um, you know, just being hesitant while we don't know exactly what it is and if it's an important one or not yet. So definitely do that. You can come up with a compromise like that. You also can, and I know some moms do this because they don't like bringing their, their one-year-old baby to the doctor and he gets stuck with like 12 different needles and then they give him a polio drink and like you fill your baby with disease, you know? Um, so if you're not comfortable getting them all at once, even, you know, even if your doctor's like, it's perfectly safe, it's perfectly fine, you know, you're the mom. You can say, you know what, I'll, I'll bring him back in four weeks and we'll get the next round or something like that, kind of splitting it up in that way. Um, so those are just some of the options. And that's just my perspective, Taylor, that I absolutely am a firm believer in vaccines and having your children vaccinated. And the, the important thing that is for their health, for your health and for the health of our society at large. Um, but I'm sure people have other opinions and other ideas on the topic of vaccination. So hit me with it. <laughs> you can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can send me a voicemail at that email address. Um, or you can connect with me on social media. I would love to hear your perspectives. So that's all the time we have for today. One little shout out at the end here before we have to say goodbye um, about some places that I'm going to be, some upcoming events. Um, Saturday, November 16th, I'm going to be giving my You Are Enough retreat at Holy Family Catholic Church in Orlando. Saturday, January 11th, I'm going to be giving my You Are Worth It retreat at St. Michael Church in Exeter, New Hampshire. Saturday, March 7th, I'll be giving my You Are Worth It retreat at Precious Blood Parish in Jasper, Indiana. Saturday, March 28th, I'm going to be a speaker at the Women's Conference in Norwich, Connecticut. I'm in conversation with some other people about some other upcoming events in the fall, in the spring, even into winter 2020. If you are interested in having me give one of my retreats in your community, you can connect with me at daniellebean.com. Just click on the Retreats tab to get more information about that. Or if you're hosting an event in your area and you want to have me come out and be a speaker for that, you can get information at daniellebean.com slash speaking. I would love to be able to come out and meet you in person. I love being able to give these retreats and meet with women from all walks of life. So 
give some thought to that. Um, or if you're going to be in one of these areas that I've just mentioned, please come out. I would love to be able to meet you in person. It is such a joy for me always to be able to meet real life listeners of the Girlfriends podcast in person. It's always a joy to be able to make that connection. And that's all the time we have for this week. But I want to thank you for taking the time to spend with me here on Girlfriends. I love being able to connect with you here. I think we're building a beautiful, prayerful community here. Know that I am praying for you in the coming week and that I am grateful for the fact that you were here with me today. Thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.